HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, third-generation cure masters producing the country's best dry-cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit surreyfarms.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Most everyone, I would imagine has used soy sauce, whether you're eating sushi or a sauce for a Chinese dish or many of the other Asian dishes. But what is soy sauce? And where did it come from? We're going to find out all about it and more today on A Taste of the Past. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, and I mentioned soy sauce, and yes, of course, we all know about that salty, brown liquid, but do we really know what it is? Um, liquid, salty liquids, of course, have been around for millennia, and um, anyone who's studied culinary history, of course, knows the ancient Romans used and made liquamen, uh, garum, from fermented fish, uh, but soy sauce, soy sauce has kind of eluded a lot of people in this country as far as what it is and where it comes from, and why did it evolve? Here today, joining me is uh, somebody who can hopefully set the record straight and let us know all about it. It is she is Chef Helen Roberts, and Helen is the. Director of Culinary Development and Manager of Public Relations for Kikoman, and we all know that recognizable bottle of Kikoman soy sauce. One of the reasons I have Helen here today, Helen is from San Francisco representing Kikoman, is that Kikoman is celebrating 300 years of soy sauce production, which I think is pretty phenomenal. And uh, there was a wonderful event uh, this last night, as a matter of fact, this past week. Um, in celebration of Kikoman's 300th anniversary, a documentary filmmaker, Lucy Walker, has made a wonderful documentary film talking about the Kikoman factory and the history. And it was 
quite a beautiful film, and it's going to premiere December 23rd all around the country. So I don't want to give everything away. I want to have our special guest tell us all about it. And welcome, Helen. Hi, Lucy. <laughs> um, and, and Helen is... Um, Helen, tell me, you have been with Kikoman for... I've been with Kikoman since the 1980s, so 32 years. 32 years. Now, now not with Kikoman in Japan. You've been with Kikoman I've in I've been Kikoman the USA. USA. Mm-hmm. I started out doing new park development, and now I'm the head chef. Very exciting. Yes, indeed, because you know we think of soy sauce only being poured into the little dish and dipping our sushi into it, but... With as a creative, and don't forget pouring it over the rice and pouring it over the rice, right? And as the as a creative culinary director, um, later in the show, I'm sure I'm going to ask you all kinds of questions because I'm sure we have lots to learn about uses for soy sauce. But first, I want to know a little bit. Well, let's tell me a little bit about the history of Kikoman um, Kikoman USA. I learned last night from the film some some wonderful um, facts about the country the company, um, and that being that the it's the first Japanese production company to open in the USA. Well, everybody thinks company. it's Toyota. Yeah. But actually, it was, Soy Sauce was the first Japanese-owned factory to be made in the United States. Wow. And where did they open that factory? Wisconsin. Can you believe that? Okay. So here they have this company, the first Japanese company ever to open in the U.S., and they opened in Wisconsin, uh, which was wonderful, but who would have ever thought, right? Well, they started buying wheat and soybeans and sending that to Japan. And somebody thought, why are we shipping when we can make this right here where we're buying this American grain? Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, um, the company started quite uh, quite a wonderful business. And from the interviews in the documentary film, it must be, a, and with you being there for so long, for 32 years, must be a wonderful company to work it for. It has changed my life quite wow. a bit. Interesting. Being from Brooklyn and now being <laughs> the head of the test kitchen for the biggest Japanese food company in the world is amazing. That is, that is, that's really something. Congratulations to you. Um, tell me a little bit uh, for our listeners about the history of soy sauce itself or the background of soy sauce itself. Well, soy sauce was discovered in early, like 500 BC in China. And at that time it was made with soybeans, but it was started out as the liquid that people would preserve their meats or fish, mm-hmm. and that was like a byproduct. And that's where the idea of soy sauce came from. Right. And, uh, I mentioned early at the top of the show, um, the ancient Romans made liquamen uh, mm-hmm. for, to season their foods. And that really was fermented fish guts, uh, right. if you will. Um, it's still made today. Fish sauces. Uh, fish Absolutely. sauces are very popular in Southeast Asia particularly, right? So when um, the, a Japanese monk went to China, but he was a vegetarian. So he decided to find a way to make that same product to preserve meat with grains and salt instead of a meat byproduct. Uh-huh. And that's how soy sauce became alive. Interesting. And, I mean, we can only uh, use conjecture as to or speculate on to why a liquid like that came to be. Um, I, I know, uh, being a specialist in Roman um, history, culinary history, knowing that salt was a commodity. I mean, there were taxes on salt. Salt was a was a very valuable product. So this was a means in the Roman days, certainly, of stretching salt and having, a, you know, creating a, a more of it that was a salty liquid to season foods and what had 
deeper, earthier, fishier flavor too. Right. I would imagine that's a similar reason for the Absolutely, soy sauce. Absolutely, yes. And then the fact that, like you said, there's more uses for it. So you're, you're using little, the water is making it available to use in so many different types of foods. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It has, and the, what I like about soy sauce, and I'll ask you, you know, the, the, are the components and the different flavors we taste. Explain to us a little bit about that. Well, it's amazing because it starts out with the four ingredients. Originally, it did not have wheat, but Kikoman added wheat because we felt that it would make it a more mellow taste and not just harsh soybeans. Mm-hmm. So, but with, with that, and so water, wheat, soybeans, and salt, and then we start off with a little fermentation. And about six months later, this wonderful aroma and smell. So there's so many components of the of what happens when you blend those four ingredients together. I think this is one of the first um, products that people really came to recognize what is meant in the Japanese culture, culinary culture, as umami. Absolutely. You have the sweet, the salty, the sour, and then and here you have Bitter and umami, which umami. was finally discovered and mm-hmm. isolated about 50 years ago. Hmm. Yes, last year was the 50th anniversary of the discovery of oh, umami. umami. Yes. Yeah. And it's really taken over the culinary world the past right. 15 years or so here in America, you know, so it's it's really, you know, interesting that this has that that earthy flavor. You can't really put your finger on it, you know, it's kind of that uh, kind of an earthy quality. Well, I in the test kitchen at Kikoman, when we when we taste something, I learned early on to look for that close your eyes and 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 take away the taste and the salt. I mean, take away the salt and the sweet. But the umami is the mouthful, the richness of it. Hmm. Interesting. So That's we always have to, is, this, is there enough umami? We have to ask that in every product we put out. Do you taste the umami? And it's like at first, never heard of that word. Of course, <laughs> here in New York, we talk about umami. It is a compliment. Umami, you look good. So it was like, <laughs> what are they talking about? Oh, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> that was, that's, that's cute. All right. Um, the you you mentioned briefly the fermentation um, and you were going through the you know the, the six months, but I want to back up a little bit and and talk about types of soy sauce. So they're really Kikoman is a brewed, right? Fermented and soy one sauce. One of the right? things in, is that in Japan there are about sixteen types of soy sauce, and in America there is no standard for soy sauce. So I look. That's why we have a product that's made basically with hydrolyzed vegetable protein, caramel color, and uh, maybe molasses, different things. And it takes two weeks to make it. So they just boil it and blend it. Absolutely. Right? And it's called soy sauce. But for, um, for, for the standards in Japan, there are um, different colors of soy sauce. There's different intensity of flavors and different amounts of sodium and, and sweetness levels. So there are 16 different types. Hmm. Now, people often equate um, the soy sauce with, with something that's it's too much salt. Right. And actually, there are, there's not as much sodium in Absolutely soy sauces as using straight salt. It tastes salty because I think people haven't learned how to use soy sauce properly. And a lot of times, it's too salty because they've used way too much. We use soy sauce as an umami ingredient to increase the flavors of everything else. It, it's normally, unless you're buying something called soy sauce chicken, it's not a flavoring mm-hmm. agent. It helps the other items have a better taste. So um, 
It's the background of it. Yeah. Background Absolutely. flavor in there. Yeah. And I think some in the film I was interested in um, talking. They had a technician on on the screen um, talking about tasting soy sauce and, and producing oh. it. And she had a little teaspoon. She said, "And it's really good with ice cream. You wouldn't think it would be, oh, but it's good I, with I ice have cream. a recipe on Kikomai USA website for soy sauce ice cream. It's um, very. The taste is like a salty caramel. Oh. So I'm using the soy sauce as you would use a vanilla flavor. Yeah. Oh, that makes well, that makes all the sense in the world. Right. Yeah. And brown sugar and your egg yolks and your cream and it's just hmm. delicious. Well, so in the process, I'm gonna and again. I wanted to back up for the for the process because I think the brewing process and uh, and the time it takes is so important. Um, in fact, the the motto or um, creed of the Kikoman company is make haste slowly. That's kind of an oxymoron. I mean, it's a make haste, but do it slowly. Um, and that sort of describes the whole process of making soy sauce, correct? So you, you have a goal, and um, the best way to do that is carefully, methodically, to get the best in the product. That's what make haste slowly means. Hmm. But then get it out there. Right? Oh, definitely <laughs> do it, but... yeah. With precise care. Hmm. Well, in the um, the brewing process, you, as you mentioned before, there are three steps to the brewing process. Um, and the first is the koji making. Now, what is koji? Koji is the combination of the wheat and the and the um, and the soybeans. And the soybeans. Yeah. Okay. So they're mixed together, and um, that's mixed together for about three days. Uh huh. And then to that, we add a proprietary Kikoman mold, which will start the, the fermentation. No secrets given away here, folks. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And salt water. Yeah, I mean, you do add salt water. I mean, salt right. That's where we yeah. start the, the brine and the fermentation with the mm-hmm. salt water. Okay. And then that mash, just like a, you know, Kentucky we call it a bourbon or something. Yes. Yeah, the mash is formed, right? Yes. And that, so that ages for the, for, for the fermentation about six months, you said? or It takes about six months. Wow. Wow. No, no soy sauce before it's time, <laughs> and, and then that's um, obviously strained out. And and they said refined. What what do they mean by then? It's refined. It's pasteurized it's uh-huh. to make it shelf stable, and okay. they won't have any mold or anything that's growing. All right. And um, it was interesting to to read and to hear in the film as well that the documentary film that um, that the residue, you know, the solids. Don't are, go to waste are reused. Either. So the soybean solids are served to. We sell the, that to um, farmers for grain to feed their cows and their, huh. their animals. And then the oil is used to to um, oil the machinery that we use in our factories. The soybean oil. Wow! So nothing goes to waste. Everything is recycled back into. That is that's pretty phenomenal. I mean that's that's Japanese efficiency <laughs> at its best. I love it. Um, and you know, the non-brewed process, of course, I mean, they're out there. But how would we, let's say in a blind tasting, how would somebody know the difference between a fine brewed um, soy sauce and a, a quick-made blended soy sauce? Well, I think the first thing that will give it away is the aroma. Once you open the bottle of each, you will have the the. Fermented soy sauce smells like a, like a wine or like a beer with the yeast, and the um, the the one that's not brewed smells a little like you get that sharp sense in your nose. It's like a burning, hmm. kind of like an alcohol burn. 
So it's a totally different. One makes your mouth water, and the other one makes your <laughs> eyes tear up. And what about the look and the, and the well, texture? The, um, the naturally brewed soy sauces are very warm colored and clear. It's a brown, but it's a nice clear color. It's not muddy like you would find the one that takes about two weeks to process. Hmm. Now, I know there are special um, special little cups for, for testing. Or, or Oh, that's what we use for our soy ceremony. We call it the soy ceremony. When we are introducing someone to soy sauce, we will have different types. And that way they can, they can smell. It's a very flat, wide cup that you can bring to your nose and smell and sip out of and taste. And you can see the different colors. Mm-hmm. Now, in, I, I saw one of those cups. In fact, I, was, I, had, I got one as a, mm-hmm. a gift last night. Um, and there are blue rings in the bottom of the cup. Right. Talk well, about this. It's very important for the color of um, soy sauce in Japan because a lot of times you want to introduce the flavor, but you don't want it to discolor your food. Mm-hmm. So with those blue rings, we, have, um, we can determine, the co- because with the naturally brewed soy sauce, the rings, the blue rings will turn different shades of blue. Like you'll get like a violet, deep purples with some of the darker soy sauces. And then with the nat- non-brewed, it's just like black or just you just see residue. Mm-hmm. So the important thing is you should be able to see the rings. You should be able to see those rings. Mm-hmm. And then we have what we call PKs, which is are the colors from zero to like 58 for the different colors of soy sauce. And in between that, we use those cups to determine what the PKs are. Interesting. When I did pour some into, I had a bottle of Kikoman. I only buy Kikoman, so I had a bottle of, no, that's not true. I also use some Vietnamese and Malaysian soy sauces. Um, soy sauces are popular throughout right. Asia and Southeast right. Asia. But, but those probably are made without wheat. Right. Differences. Well, um, and I think some of the Korean types are made without wheat. Well, and wheat has been a, an issue for a lot of people who do enjoy the flavors of soy sauce but are, are gluten intolerant. Right. Um, does Kikoman make a, a gluten-free We finally soy sauce? did it. We, ah. we exchanged the wheat for rice. And it it was the softest and closest we could come to Kikoman. Oh, that should be that'll be interesting to to taste. So we have a gluten free soy sauce and a gluten free teriyaki. Because I know we, there are tamari, a type of tamari sauce that has right. um, at least less gluten. Or right, gluten-free. because the tamari sauce is made just with soybeans as well. But our Kikoman's tamari has wheat because the Japanese feel the wheat softens. Hmm. The overall taste. Oh, so you get a thinner kind of a, not as with just soybean alone. You get a thinner taste. It's or? a more a roasted, more mellow flavor hmm. of the soy sauce with the with the wheat with the wheat with the wheat. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm going to find out from Helen more about alternative uses rather than just sushi for the soy sauce when we come back after a brief break. It's summertime. It's summertime. The bars are closing, the bars are closing, all the doors are open. You're listening to Throw a Parade by Cookies on the Heritage Radio Network.org. So find your friends, so find your friends, tell them what they want to hear, tell them what they want to hear, I tell them not to be so. Tell him not to be so goddamn uptight Throw a parade Throw a parade Throw a parade for me 
Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. Edwards Suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color. The Edwards name is well known for its world-class aged and cured meats. Their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of Berkshire pork. Optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate, perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit www.surreyfarms.com. We are back on A Taste of the Past, and I'm talking with Helen Roberts, and Helen is Chef Helen Roberts. She is the... Uh, create. Let me get this right. Creative culinary <laughs> director of of okay culinary development. development okay, which is and our test kitchen. Great, right and manager of public kitchen. relations. And I want to know about your test kitchen. That's what I want well, to talk about. That's where all the magic happens. All right. So we know about soy sauce. We know it tastes great in making all those Chinese dishes where we put it in basically in the sauce at the end. But and dipping, of course, our our sushi rolls in it. But tell me some of the things you're working on, some things we might not think to use soy sauce for. Well, the, one of the big surprises is that we use a lot of soy sauce and chocolate. A lot of chocolate companies actually use soy sauce. You can boost your chocolate flavor and use less chocolate base. Wow. And reduce the sodium in your, in your chocolate. Huh. What we've done, oh my God, my favorite thing to do with the bottle of soy sauce, take the little plastic top off. Throw in your garlic, your ginger, and you have, you have it infusing. So when you reach for that bottle, look how many more flavors you, you have at one time. Mm-hmm. So that's always a fun thing. Some of the other things I've done is, for, like for Thanksgiving, I did a turkey brine using soy sauce instead of salt and then the sugar and your different herbs like your oreganos and um, rosemary and thyme. We've had major success. We've never had successful sales in November because it's holiday but since I introduced the uh, savory soy brine, it's been through the roof just for holiday. So I, I've been teaching people, why don't you practice on, the tur- practice on the chicken? And then when it comes time for Thanksgiving, we had a successful, phenomenal program. Mm-hmm. We call it the Kiko Man Juicy Bird Project. Well, I know the Chinese um, will uh, serve their, their, they will sell brown ducks or brown chickens that have been steeped in a, a tea and soy mixture. Right. Oh. It colors the skin, makes right. it look a little more appetizing, That's I guess. quite, a, like a three or four day process. Yeah, so and that's, that's only, an old custom. But, but do you believe of, that, um, we sell, of course, a lot of soy sauce to Chinese restaurants. You wouldn't believe that we, after that is Mexican restaurants. We are so popular. Huh. A lot of your fajitas, people, are, they're marinating their meats. In soy sauce. Mm-hmm. They learned the secret long ago. Interesting. And, uh, of course, I forgot to mention um, the different products like ponzu. Oh. Ponzu is a soy-based Ponzu is soy-based. We have lime and lemon. And it's actually very, very low in sodium. It's the lowest sodium product that we make. Mm, I always kind of refer to it as a Japanese ketchup in a way. Oh, yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Um, so if uh, there was something that I had seen I'd come across in some of the literature uh, about a buttermilk fried chicken and it has oh. soy sauce in it? It has um, actually I'm using tempura batter and soy milk oh, so to that. make the, the buttermilk fried chicken but it's one of the most popular. People eat a lot of chicken and when they come to Kikoman they're looking for something to do with chicken so that's our most popular chicken recipe. We, we also have one where we're doing a, a herb, bake, you bake it with um, 
savory herbs and soy sauce and potatoes, like a one-dish meal, mm-hmm. which is our number one recipe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, um, it's, I think it's, it's quite interesting that uh, Japan embraced the, the soy sauce. I mean, considering it started in, in China in, in, you know, so long ago, what, like 2,500 years ago or so. You said 500 BC, right. So that's you know, about 2,500 years ago. And the Japanese have embraced it, and other soy products, you know, the you know miso and and, and tofu based products, um, and in fact, so much so for Kikoman's celebration last night, I have to tell people there was a wonderful, fun demonstration by Chef Morimoto, and he did a little Iron Chef um, carving of a whole tuna, which was quite impressive. He's a really good friend of Kikoman. Uh-huh, I mm-hmm. would imagine. And then um and then he and I don't know the the gentleman's name who was making the uh, the soba noodles next it's to him. Um, someone on his staff. I'm, he didn't but they and then so name. alongside of him they were he was making soba noodles. What an entertaining evening that was watching him. And then that dish was served with some soy sauce, the the raw tuna and soy sauce and the and the soba noodles. What a treat. The soba noodles were made with green tea. Did you see yes, that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I saw him really add that. Yeah. We were all saying, what's that green substance he's adding? You know, And then, and then we found out. And uh, that was yes, a very energetic demonstration by all means. Um, too bad he's not in that documentary, right? <laughs> that would make for good watching, too. Um, the whole, the whole uh, aesthetic of the Japanese production, um, I think, is... Um, indicative of probably the the company's policies and um, treatment of its of its staff members too. You said working with them changed your life, which I heard often mm. in the documentary last night. Tell me a little bit about the Japanese company and and some of their um, some of the, the the practices that just made you feel that it was life changing for you. The fact that the main thing is that it's family owned business and it has been for 300 years the same family mr mogi that you saw in the film yes his his great 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 Uh, that we forgot to mention right was the one that started the the whole kikoman company was started by a woman 300 years ago in japan so that feeling is brought to the boardroom and everyone's opinion is is valued and it's just part it's quite a process to sit there and and be part of this and to Especially, they want to do business in America. So, a lot of times it's like, well, Helen, what they bring in a product and they say, Helen, what would you do with this? And and I'm allowed to just play with it. And sometimes I'm saying that one has to go back to the ocean. <laughs> We're not eating that. But a lot of the sauces that are coming in from Japan are very tasty and very very delicious. So, each person has a feels like they're part of the whole plan. It's not no one person doesn't feel as if they're a big part of Kiko. So it's not so much top down all the time not as, at we, all. as we have in no. so many companies. You know? So many times we all roll up our sleeves and work together from the president down to hmm. everyone. Interesting. Yes. Well, and their creed make haste so slowly. They're actually, it's sort of like Confucius, I said <laughs> earlier in the, um, before we started the show. There are many different articles in what is it, I guess they're It's the family creed policy. and each family, large family in Japan has a family creed and Kikoman has about um, about 120 creeds, but we narrowed it down to 16. That makes the most sense for the story we want to tell. And and they're all just wonderful um, creeds, creeds to live by. Well, the main one, make haste slowly in the whole production of, of the soy sauce. But um, 
faith is a source of virtue. Um, one I, I love this one. Don't carelessly fall into debt. That was a good one. <laughs> we should all listen to that one. Um, education is our responsibility and give back to, to society. Um, I, I, they're, they're all very wonderful. It's a family creed, creeds. but it's, it's used in the boardroom. These are, these are how we make our decisions hmm. based Definitely. on. So all the employees, we, we, we listen to these ideas and it's just part of the philosophy. So this woman, uh, uh, Koji, uh, she, Miss Mo, Mo, well, she changed her name to Mo, Mrs. Mogi. Mogi, I'm yes. sorry, Mogi. Now, Koji is the is, <laughs> is the mash. I'm sorry, Mogi. Okay, she said, so. This was 300 years ago in, uh, and where did the first the first company was um, in Osaka? Was no, that's Noda City, and it's still Noda, oh, Noda. Noda City in Japan. I had a chance to visit that factory. It's still in use today. Very old woman, very old man, and they you have to take your shoes off, you have to bow. They do this every day before they start work. Hmm. And it's that's where they make the soy sauce for the emperor and the emperor's family. In that oh, so the emperor has, has selected Kikoman as his soy right. sauce, huh? Yes. Interesting. I, I forgot to ask you during the process, um, when... We're, when you're waiting for this fermentation of the the big the mash, is this done in barrels or in in steel vats or it's in steel stainless yeah stainless steel stainless vats. steel vats yes. okay all right um, as most products today are well it's not rushed so when where you have um, after we when we're about to filter out the soy sauce we don't press it out we let it self press. So it takes even longer for it to self-press down and down and down until all the liquid runs out. You're not forcing these amino acids out of the product. Hmm. Which I imagine you get some particles in there as well if you did that, right? Well, it's just a, a, just a more gentle way to produce it. Take, make haste slowly. Make haste slowly. I think that's something we should probably all adopt <laughs> in our lives and... and and uh, apply that to just about anything that we do. Well, it's been a real education for me in soy sauce. And Helen, I thank you so much for joining me today, Helen Roberts of Kikoman. And I hope that you'll join me again. Thank you, Linda. And thank you for listening to A Taste of the Past. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.